Hey everyone, this is Brian Pelletier, and welcome to Extraordinary, the Healthcare Leadership Podcast. Hey, hey, Extraordinaires. In this episode, we speak with John Pelletier, adjunct professor at the University of Maine in Fort Kent, where he teaches business-related courses in HR management, small business management, and managerial accounting. He also is the coordinator for business-related internships. Prior to being a professor, he owned and operated his own nursing home for 20 years in Van Buren, Maine, where he acted as administrator and CEO. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation. First, I'd like to thank you for spending some time to talk with me, answering some questions that I have. I know we're going to talk a little bit about leadership and what your experience has been with that. Very good. Well, the first thing I wanted to pick your brain on is when you're talking about different leadership topics to students, are there certain topics that are easier to reproduce or are more commonly found when someone enters the workplace? Well, I th- the thing that we or I try to stress is, first of all, it's, it's a people business. No matter what the business that you go into, it's all about people. And I continually repeat myself that they, they, two things, they must bring in the right person in the door, number one, and they must treat everybody with respect. You know, oftentimes uh, a lot of leaders look at employees or their, their people, if you will, as, you know, they're lucky to have a job. If that's your attitude, you're going to lose. You have to look. I mean, there are just so many uh, golden apples in the pile. So you have to look at every employee and look at their strengths, develop those strengths. Because if you look at somebody who's flawed in some areas, kicking them out of the organization doesn't help you. And maybe this ties in to the next question, and it may, you can expand on it a little bit more, but what did you find as one of the most important aspects as your job as CEO? I guess two things. One is paying attention to detail. Yes, you have to have a vision. You can't be so focused on details that you, you lose sight of the big picture, but you have to focus on the details because if you don't, uh, it all falls apart. To go along with that, you have to listen to your people. And I'll give you a good example. I'm the type of person that my mind is always running 100 miles an hour with different ideas or different concepts or processes that we could implement at the nursing home to better the organization. We had uh, monthly management meetings. We were probably about 10, 11 people around the table. I had some good managers. I mean, they were strong, which is what I wanted. I would come into the meeting with this great, grandiose idea that I thought was the most perfect thing that we could do. And I would bring these ideas, the different ideas up nearly every month and never once, and that's a big word, never once did I walk out of that meeting with my idea 100% implemented. The people around the table, all of whom I had a lot of respect and trust, would uh, critique it and make recommendations and change my original thought to something that was even better. And if you can do that, I believe, you're going to have a more successful uh, organization. And that sounds like it ties back to developing people and finding the right people in those positions. Oh, no question. No question. And, and I stress that all the time uh, in all of my college courses. 
there are just so many, like I said, just so many uh, great people, and you can't afford to lose them. You have to develop them. And when you think about those types of meetings that you had, the management meetings and the day-to-day process that you had at the nursing home, can you think back to certain days where you came home from work and it felt like it was a great day? And what did you remember as it as being great of that, about those particular days? The days when I walked out of there feeling the best or those days that I would walk down the hall and meet up with an elderly lady and comment her, compliment her on her hair or her dress, and she would have a huge smile on her face. It didn't take much. If you went out of your way just a little bit for your customer, if you will, uh, it made my day. It made her day, and it made my day. Now, I know this isn't management, but in a way it is. If you don't take time to compliment your clientele, your in our, in our case, our our uh, our customers, our, our patients, residents, we call them, it can be very frustrating. And I think that this ties back into some of the work that you have tried to do with hospitality and treating people with respect. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time, all of my life, going to workshops, uh, trying to improve myself, my skills, and my attitude toward other people. I mean, uh, I went to several um, national conventions. I went to state conventions and just regular workshops. You, you have to take yourself out of your environment and look at or listen to what's happening around you. Uh, you, you can get into a rut very easily if you don't expand yourself into other arenas. And this is exactly what I did when, I, when we sold Vodaview and I went to no, work for North Country Associates. You know, they had like, at the time, 18 facilities. And nobody ever went to st- the state uh, symposium. And that was the first thing I did after I was there. When I, my, my, one of my roles was to build the budget. And I included in that budget money for each administrator and director of nursing to attend the yearly symposium. That way there was no excuse. Oh, we don't have the money. It's there. Again, encourage people to go out and get out of their current environment and see what's going on. Meet people. Uh, and to me, that's what helped people. That, helps, that helped me survive over the years. One of the things that I see right now and hear from, from nursing management or from administrators is that there's so much work they have to get done that taking a day off for those types of things, they're not naturally inclined or interested in doing that. And how were you able to encourage and empower people to attend those types of meetings? It starts at the top. Either the CEO or that person's board or chairperson of the board has to have that belief within them. If, the, if it comes from the top, that top management, top leadership believe in this, they will encourage others. You know, it's easy to get in, in a rut and say, oh, I can't. Oh, woe is me. My shoulders are, are overloaded. I can't take the day off. But, you know, every time that I went, I would feel re-energized when I came back. And, and that newfound energy would, would help others uh, feel um, re-energized as well. So it's not as if you can't. You have to. You have to. But it starts at the top. If a, if a manager says this and believes this, then their administrator, their CEO, 
has to take it upon themselves to encourage. But if they believe that, uh, then maybe you have the wrong CEO and the wrong leader. You know, I found that most of the time you have weak managers or supervisors, it's because leadership, upper management, isn't paying attention to their business. I think that ties in a little bit to the next question. Okay. Which is if there was one or two characteristics that a healthcare professional should have, what do you think that they would be? I preached in all, preach in all of my classes over and over again, hire for attitude, number one. We can teach you the rest. We really can. I don't care what the position is. We can teach you, but we can't teach you attitude. Either you have it or you don't. You know, the other thing that you try to figure out in people is whether, whether or not they, they um, believe in uh, emotional intelligence, looking at yourself, looking at other people. You, you can be excellent in what you do, but if you can't relay that, those people-related skills to other people, then you probably will not be as successful as you could be. Now, those are two great concepts and things that people should be paying more attention to. Now, the, I guess the million-dollar question is, how can, <laughs> right? You, you know what I want to say, right? So how can we better determine what that attitude is in the interview process or within the first few weeks of employment? Yeah, that, that is a million dollar question. But I think most times, if you have two or three people uh, performing the interview, hopefully they're skilled at interviewing and can make that determination. Maybe not 100% of the time, but a majority of the time. That's number one. And number two is if somebody comes in the door and they don't have that attitude that you would like to see in them, then don't play games. Help them, develop it, but don't take two or three years to do it. Bring them in, teach them, help them, help themselves. And if they can't, say goodbye, have a lovely day somewhere else. It sounds hard. You can't spend all of your energy on, on a handful of people. That's what you usually do. But at some point in time, they have to help themselves. I want to go back, I guess, full circle now and tie the, the interview piece to what you're talking about, the management team earlier, and what the importance is for a, an administrator or someone in, in upper management to hire for strengths outside of their own. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. If you surround your, yourself with people who think and believe like you, uh, you're going to have a very weak and mediocre organization. Of course, you have to be strong. A lot of people don't like people around them who are stronger than them in, in, in several areas, but that's the key. I mean, I look at, back at, at Board of View and the management team I had. I, I remember one, one year was having a tough time with three of them, three out of 10, and it just wasn't working. They were really working to poison the organization. And I remember I had to step back and step out because as much as I tried to help our director of nursing at the time, it just was going nowhere. Finally, when I decided that I was better off and the organization was better off with her office empty than with her in it, then I could proceed. And to me, that's the key. We're oftentimes, we're afraid to let somebody go. Uh, we're afraid to, con to confront somebody. 
oh, what happens? What, what's going to happen? Well, you know, it may be more work for a while, but it'll be easier work, like I say, with having that office empty. Well, to, to add on to that, there's another organization next to us called McLean. And when I visited them a couple of years ago, their administrative team made it clear that, they're, that they will keep positions open for as long as they need to in order to find the right person. They must be doing well financially and people-wise to think that way and to act that way. That is the bottom line. You hear people today saying, oh, we, we got such a low caliber of employees. Well, sometimes that happens. However, it's your, you're letting the wrong person in the door. To me, that sounds like an accountability issue. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll, if you have time for one more quick story. Oh, several years into owning the nursing home, I was on the um, workers' compensation fund for the state, for the nursing home industry. Uh, I was one of the seven incorporators of this, and I was ended up being president of that organization for a while. So I, I knew the safety officer. I knew the organization well. We had a, a problem with too many people being out on light duty and, and hurting themselves and some maybe fake hurting themselves, you know. So it was a major problem. So I asked the safety officer to come in and sit down with our department heads and see, help us look at this. Because he had all the reports. He knew he was, who was out and how long they were out and what they were out for. So he sat there and he listened to everybody. Then at the end, he said, okay, here's what it is, John. He, he looked at me and I have a little bit quite a bit of pride in me. He looked at me and he says, it's your fault. I said, I beg your pardon? He says, it's your fault. You are not holding your people accountable. For example, and I'm sure you're aware of this, if there are two assists for a patient, you make sure there are two people. Oftentimes, somebody goes in, the CNA goes in, oh, I can do it by myself. It takes me less time. And they hurt themselves or they hurt the patient. It was that type of thing. And we were short-staffed, so we we allowed people to stay when they shouldn't. You know, I'm doing, I had done all the things I'm, I'm saying that I shouldn't do, but it was an eye-opener. And he was absolutely right. Then I had him come back and meet with all of our charge nurses. And this was the best thing we ever did because we, we turned the company around and, uh, and the attitude around within the company. And it took us about six months to get on top of this epidemic, but we did it and we kept on top of it. So again, Accountability starts at the top. Well, I think it's a learning opportunity for everyone. And, well, it is. Right. It was. Right. And if the leader's not willing to admit that they can learn, then it's going to be very difficult for everyone else to adopt that mindset as well. So I, yeah. I don't really see that as a, a negative. Oh, that's a positive for sure. I mean, we were so deep into this, we, we couldn't get ourselves up from up from under and this Patrick Williams is his name he came in here I haven't seen him in years he came in and said that and and he he nailed it it was like absolutely right you know I could have said oh thank you very much have a good day leave here and do what I want but I respected him I respected his advice and I took it and so did everybody else in the facility all the managers and the charge nurses and it worked so I think that is a great place to end okay <laughs> Well, I think there are a few items that I typically will summarize at the end. And so there's a few items that you talked about from the beginning, being people-centric or people-first, 
firing fast. You know, that's a concept that people talk about, talked about accountability. And while you didn't necessarily name it, you incorporated some stories about humility, which I think is also an important component of what a strong leader would need. Oh, no question. You're right, Brian. Yep. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. And I'm sure I can go back to it and learn a few new things and and lots of other people will learn from it. Again, thank you. Very good. Bye. That concludes our show. Thank you for listening. And more importantly, thank you for being extraordinary.